वी आर डूइंग श्रीमद भगवतम चैप्टर थर्टी थ्री एक्टिविटीज ऑफ कपिला श्री मैत्रिया सेट दस देव होती द मदर ऑफ लॉर्ड कपिला एंड वाइफ ऑफ करदमा मुनि बिकेम फ्रीड फ्रॉम ऑल इग्नोरेंस कंसर्निंग डिवोशनल सर्विस एंड ट्रांसेंडेंटल नॉलेज शी ऑफर्ड अर ओबिशंस एंड टू द लॉर्ड द ऑथर ऑफ द बेसिक प्रिंसिपल्स ऑफ द सांख्य सिस्टम ऑफ फिलोसफी विच इज द बैकग्राउंड ऑफ लिबरेशन and she satisfied him with the following verse or prayer so in this we have, we have come to know that the sankhya system was first established by kapila muni so now his mother is going to thank him what is she going to say devoti said brahma is said to be unborn because he takes birth from the lotus flower which grows from your abdomen while you lie in the ocean at the bottom of the universe but even brahma simply meditated upon you whose body is the source of unlimited universe here in this verse what uh, is being told is that every person right from brahma ji downwards to every other individual on this planet earth is under the impression that they are the doer the impression is like that whereas actually it is not that case what happens is they are just meditating on the lord that means the entire information is being brought down to you so that you can perform a certain action over there and that is the reason why it is always mentioned like that a guru is online my dear lord although personally you have nothing to do you have distributed your energies in the interaction of the material modes of nature and for that reason the creation maintenance and dissolution of the cosmic manifestation takes place my dear lord you are self determined and are don't disturb huh? my dear lord you are self determined and are supreme personality of godhead for all living entities from them you created the material manifestation and although you are one your diverse energies can act multifariously this is inconceivable to us see what i mentioned earlier was basically the entire database the entire work activity the entire thing that is supposed to happen is coming directly from the lord and you are only supposed to be enacting to it but what do we do because we have a mind we take all the onus on ourselves we believe that we are the doers our way of looking at life is always like this as assume like this that if the lord comes and stays in your house so you will say like this the lord came and stayed in my house actually it is the other way round how is it it is lord's house and you are staying in it you understand the entire universe belongs to the lord it does not belong to that individual or that person but the ego and the mind will tell that person oh this house belongs to me so the person believes that he is doing them the favor he is doing the lord a favor basically it is the other way round so here everything flows down from that divine unmanifest and because it is flowing down from the divine unmanifest even brahma ji's thoughts which are there which he is supposed to use them for the purpose of doing something is coming from this divine consciousness alone it is not coming from his own pocket the moment he thinks that i am doing it it is his ego that is talking 
so but this is not possible for us to understand that is why he says it is inconceivable for us to understand as the supreme personality of godhead you have taken birth from my abdomen oh my lord how is it possible for the supreme one who has in his belly all the cosmic manifestations the answer is that it is possible for at the end of the millennium you lie down on a leaf of a banyan tree and just like a small baby you lick the toe of your lotus foot this is a you see even in most of the places you will find that the children they wear one small locket in their you know in a chain and that locket will always show that krishna is there on one leaf and he is sucking his you know big toe you must have seen this is what they normally put for the small babies and this is how he does at the end of the millennium millennium means all the four yugas have gone after that the lord is seen like a very tiny baby he is sucking his thumb uh, that i mean the the big toe now what she is trying to say over here what the mother is trying to say over here you are such a great manifestation yourself how can you take this birth from my womb and become so small and come out from my womb and then do this whole thing about telling me about this whole universe whereas now think about it he is the grand manifestation there and here he is becoming a very small being and coming out of the stomach of the lady devahuti so she is very much surprised but then she says for you anything is possible because you are the lord so because you are the lord so anything is possible for him in this world isn't it my dear lord you have assumed this body in order to diminish the sinful activities of the fallen and to enrich their knowledge in devotion and liberation since the sinful people are dependent on your direction by your own will you assume incarnations as a boar and as other forms similarly you have appeared in order to distribute transcendental knowledge to your dependents so why has he taken the birth he has taken the birth so that he can lead the person away from unrighteous path to the righteous one so that everything happens as per the dharmic principles and that is the reason why sri krishna takes birth every now and then sometimes as a boar also sometimes as a fish it doesn't it, it does not matter whatever form that he takes he is taking it so that he can remove the adharma that is there in this world to say nothing of the spiritual advancement of person who sees the supreme person face to face even a person born in a family of a dog eaters immediately become eligible to perform vedic sacrifices if he once utters the holy name of the supreme personality of godhead or chants about him hears about his past times offers him obeisances or even remembers him so what is the main criteria for that so to get the devotion of the divine lord at least you need to remember him once see when today in the morning when somebody was talking about what is this devotion all about why how many times a person is supposed to pray and so on and so forth i said that see you brush daily okay you go to the toilet daily do you leave that activity no but taking the name of god how much time does it take does it take more than taking uh, you know brushing your teeth or even removing the paste on your tooth uh, or toothpaste on your brush no taking the lord's name should not take that much amount of time or well, what is the harm in taking his name you see if you take the name of the lord what will happen is you will be constantly thinking about him let us say for example now again the question that was asked today was this why is it that some people are not able to 
If Lord is in everybody, why is it that some people are not able to think about the Lord on a continuous basis? So I said consider that particular person has a small tube, a tube light or a bulb. Now every day you put it on and off, isn't it? Now there are certain switches over there. When the when it becomes dark, you put it on, the light comes on and then when you are going to sleep, you switch it off. So what happens is you are using the light on a very daily basis. So what happens if even if some dust comes on it, don't you remove it out? Yes. Now let us take another bulb in your house which you have never used or maybe you use it once in a while. Maybe the bulb in the veranda outside, you use it not regularly but you use it once in a month or so. What happens is that particular bulb has a lot of dust on it and cobwebs on it. As the dust and the cobwebs increase, what happens? The light becomes lesser. So you need to clean it, isn't it? So in the same way, there will be certain other things in your world which you don't use at all. So they are going to rust. They are going to go to dust. And there is going to be a lot of kachra on top of it. Now exactly like the prayers, remembering the name of the Lord. When you have to remember the name of the Lord, it's like putting on on the bulb every day. And if for a day or two you forget the name, then what happens is you have to ensure that you clean it. So the human being who is full of ignorance, you know, gathering ignorance, that means many a times we get disturbed by the Lord's way of working. And he says, okay, you are supposed to give me a good rank and now you have failed me. I don't even want to see your face. So you don't want to go to the temple, you don't want to sit in front of the Lord and for many days you will say, I don't want to see you, go. Then what happens? Dust is settling on top of you. It may so happen that after some time you may completely give up his company. It may so happen like that also. Or sometimes it may so happen that you clean yourself up. That means you remove all the cobwebs once again and you go and sit in front of the Lord. So again you are reviving it. So this is what actually happens. To keep the devotion intact and running, you have to do these activities. When Ramakrishna Paramahansa was meeting his Guru, his Vedanta Guru, okay, every day he would see his Vedanta Guru uh, going towards the Ganga and he was always brushing his Kamandalu. He will take the sand from there and he will take the river water and clean it for about half an hour to one hour. So he would he asked him, why is it that you are doing this? So he says, I have to keep it polished and shining every single day. If I don't, then dust will catch it and it may get spoiled. So many things can happen. So taking the name of the Lord is so very essential on a day-to-day basis. So we have activities done for all others, the type of things in the world, you know, you eating, drinking, this, that. But what is the harm in spending that 15 minutes, half an hour, one hour, whatever that is there for for the sake of the Lord. That is why it is very, very important. (coughs) So, to say nothing of the spiritual advancement of person who see the Supreme Person face to face, it is like, you know, seeing the person face to face. Okay, even a person, so even a person who is born from a very, very low family, very, very low caste or he is completely the roadside type of a person. Even that person's devotion will bear fruit if he takes the name of the Lord. Okay? 
oh how glorious are they whose tongues are chanting your holy name even if born in the families of dog eaters such persons are worshipable persons who chant the holy name of your lordship must have executed all kinds of austerities and fire sacrifices and achieved all the good manners of the aryans to be chanting the holy name of your lord they must have bathed at holy places of pilgrimage studied the vedas and fulfilled everything required and this could be in this life or it could be in the previous life it is possible that this person has led a very very austere life he has always worshiped the lord he has always thought about him and always prayed to him and that may be the reason why you are standing in front of him i believe my lord that you are lord vishnu himself under the name of kapila and you are the supreme personality of godhead the sup- the supreme brahma the saints and sages being freed from all the disturbances of the senses and the mind meditate upon you by for by your mercy only can one become free from the clutches of three modes of material nature at the time of dissolution all the vedas are sustained in you only now this is a very important line where the mother is telling her son that means devavati is telling her son kapila muni that see i think you are shri ram shri krishna and all those divinities imagine a mother is telling her son like this where is the guarantee that he is so and so where is that proof that he is the supreme divine consciousness remember the utterances of that person are always pointing towards that direction the utterances of the person which are true in nature they are always pointing towards that direction there are no miracles happening over there there is no miracle that has happened here kapila muni is sitting in front of the mother and just telling her that this is the case if there was no faith in the mother how will she recognize the divine being so it is important to have the most important ingredient is called faith she has the faith that the son born from her womb is the lord himself and that is why she says you are lord vishnu yourself got it and then she says you are sri krishna yourself then says says the saints and the sages being freed from all the disturbances of the saints and minds meditate upon you for by your mercy only can one become free from the clutches of the three modes of material nature so even if you think that the saints are there and they must have become realized on their own that is not the case without the will of the divine lord nobody gets realization there is no entry without the super boss telling you okay now you can enter the domain over here otherwise till that time there are no entries over there in this so does the supreme personality of godhead kapila satisfied by the words of his mother towards whom he was very affectionate replied with gravity the personality of godhead said my dear mother the path of self realization which i have already instructed to you is very easy you can execute this system without difficulty and by following it you shall very soon be liberated even within your present body so the type of system that is mentioned by kapila muni is very easy for a human being at that point in time that is during the age of kutra to reach the state of realization because there were a lot of austere people at that point in time 
but in today's day and age it is the most important aspect is devotion the only thing that will release you is called devotion because gnana yoga or what we say as the sankhya yoga system is not at all prevalent in today's day and age it is extremely difficult because the contamination of the three modes of material nature are too much we are literally tamasic in nature tamasic to the core we don't want to do our work we don't want to do this we don't want to do that we want to procrastinate we want to tell lies we want to go to sleep we want to not wake up for everything we want to just keep on pushing it for the next day for the next day and for the next day the next day never arises there is no real worship in our in our world we are just doing it the worship is done so that we can get some prasad out of it maybe we can get something out of it some benefits material benefits in this world so there is no clear system as of now where we can say that sankhya yoga can lead us out of this material rut my dear mother those who are actually transcendentalist certainly follow my instructions as i have given them to you you may rest assured that if you traverse this path of self realization perfectly surely you shall be freed from fearful material contamination and shall ultimately reach me mother persons who are not conversant with this method of devotional service certainly cannot get out of the cycle of birth and death imagine this being told by the son to her mother you will reach me that means even for the mother it is next to impossible to reach the lord isn't it think about it here it is so very important for us to understand that just because you are the mother of that person doesn't make you eligible for moksha immediately no you have to follow the regime that is laid out by the lord so even if you are the mother brother sister or wife or husband or whoever it might be or children there is no free lunch there you have to go through the entire system if you don't go through it there is no freedom for anybody in this world so he is telling his mother follow the system that i have told you to do it's only when you follow this particular system of sankhya yoga like the other sages who have gone and reached me you will also be in a position to reach me sri maitreya said krishna who is kapila after instructing his beloved mother took permission from her and left his home his mission having been fulfilled as instructed by her son devahuti also began to practice bhakti yoga in the very ashrama she practiced samadhi in the house of kardamamuni which was so beautifully decorated with flowers and that it was considered the flower crown of the river saraswati see she also understands that it is extremely tough for a normal human being to follow the sankhya system so what does she do she follows the devotional aspect which is a bhakti marg and she also does what is called practicing the yoga system the other yogic systems also of reaching the state of samadhi by meditation she began to bathe three times daily and thus her curling black hair grew gradually became gray that means many years went by due to austerity her body gradually became thin and she wore old garments now you have to spend your time thinking about the lord to get out in this life itself imagine you have to grow from a young person to a very old person it's not so easy to reach the state of realization in an instant 
is not possible at all it is extremely tough it's extremely difficult you require years and years of your practice and your spiritual path has to be opened up yes the home and household preparations paraphernalia of kardama who was one of the pra- prajapatis was developed in such a way by dint of mystic powers of austerity in yoga that is opulence was sometimes envied by those who travel in outer space in airplanes the opulence of the household of kardama muni is described here in the bed sheet and the mattresses were all white as the foam of milk the chairs and the benches were made of ivory and were covered by cloth of lace with golden filigree and the couches were made of gold and had very soft pillows the walls of the houses were made of first class marble decorated with valuable jewels there was no need of light for the household was illuminated by the rays of these jewels the female members of the household were all amply decorated with jewelry the compound of the main household was surrounded by beautiful gardens with sweet fragrant flowers and many trees which produced fresh fruit and were tall and beautiful the attraction of such gardens was that singing birds would sit on the trees and their chanting voices as well as the humming sound of the bees made the whole atmosphere as pleasing as possible when devahuti would enter the lovely garden to take her bath in the pond filled with lotus flowers the associates of the denizens of heaven the gandharvas would sing about kardama's glorious household life her great husband kardama gave her all protection at all times although her position was unique from all points of view saintly devahuti in spite of her possessions which were envied even by the ladies of the heavenly planet gave up all such comforts she was only sorry that her great son was separated from her devahuti's husband had already left home and accepted the renounced order of life he had become a sanyasi and then her only son kapila left home Although she knew all the truth of life and death and although her heart was cleansed of all dirt she was very aggrieved at the loss of her son just as a cow is affected when the calf dies O Vidura thus always meditating upon her son Krishna Kapila Devi Kapil Deva she was very soon became un- unattached to her nicely decorated home See in this we have to only think in one one aspect you can get attached only to the divine consciousness you can get attached to krishna you can get attached only to him not to your household not to your people in the houses or uh, surroundings or the beautiful stuff that is there in your houses so naturally when her mind is constantly at the feet of the lord her release is immediate isn't it therefore thereafter having heard with great eagerness and in detail from her sale kapil deva the eternally smiling personality of god at devahuti began to meditate constantly upon the vishnu form of the supreme lord she did so with serious engagement in devotional service because she was strong in renunciation she accepted only the necessities of her body she became saturated in knowledge and due to the realization of the absolute truth her heart became purified she became fully absorbed in meditation upon the supreme personality of god and all the misgivings due to the modes of material nature disappeared so all the problems that are associated with the body have disappeared from her and she has become purer by the day her mind became completely engaged in the supreme lord and she automatically realized the knowledge of the impersonal brahma as the brahma realized soul she was freed from all design- designations of the materialistic concept of life thus all material pangs disappeared and she attained attained 
transcendental bliss. Situated in eternal trance and freed from illusion impelled by the modes of material nature, she forgot her material body. Just as one forgets his different bodies in a dream. Her body was being taken care of by the spiritual damsels created by her husband Kardama. And since she had no material anxiety at that time, her body did not become thin. She appeared just like a fire surrounded by smoke. Because she was always absorbed in the thought of Krishna, she was not aware that her hair was sometimes loosened or her garments were disarrayed. My dear Vidura, by following the principles instructed by Kapila, Devahuti soon became liberated from material bondage and she achieved Krishna as super soul without difficulty. The palace where Devahuti achieved her perfection, my dear Vidura, is understood with the most sacred plot spot. It is known all over the three worlds as the Siddhapada. Dear Vidura, the material element of her body have melted into water and are now flowing river, which is more sacred of all the rivers. Anyone who bathes in that river also attains perfection and therefore all persons who desire perfection go bathe there. My dear Vidura, the great sage Kapila, the personality of Godhead, left his father's hermitage with the permission of his mother and went towards the northeast. While he was passing in the northern directions, all the celestial denizens known as Karanas and Gandharvas as well as the Munis and the damsels of the heavenly planets prayed and offered him all respects. The ocean offered him oblations and a place of residence. And now Kapila Muni is staying there in trance for the deliverance of the conditioned souls in the three worlds and all the Acharyas or the great teachers of the system of Sankhya philosophy are worshipping him. My dear son, since you have inquired from me, I have answered O sinless one. The descriptions of Kapil Dev and the mother and their activities are the purest of all the pure discourses. So we have come to the end of this chapter. The description of the dealing of Kapil Deva, Kapil Deva and his mother is very confidential. And anyone who hears or reads this narration becomes a devotee of Krishna who is carried by Gurudwa. And he therefore enters the abode of the Supreme Lord to engage in the transcendental loving service of the Lord. This ends the third canto. So, do we have any questions? If you have, you can post them and I shall take them up from there. Is that okay? Then I can continue. Alright? So we are doing the fourth canto part one. We are going to describe Manu's daughters and Manu's relations. Okay. So this is chapter one genealogical table of the daughters of Manu. See, remember there are so many daughters which we have discussed in the last book. So in this we have come up with another new one which we are coming up with. Alright, so Sri Maitriya said, Swayambhu Manu begot three daughters in his wife Satrupa and their names were Akuti, Devahuti and Prasuti. So we are starting the story all over again. It's a recapping the whole thing. Akuti had two brothers and in spite of her brothers, King Swayambhu Mano handed her over to Prajapati Ruchi on the condition that the son born to her be returned to Manu as his son. This he did in consultation with his wife Satrupa. Ruchi was very powerful in his Brahmanical qualifications and was appointed as one of the progenitors 
of the living entities begot one son and one daughter by his wife akuti of the two children born to akuti the main child was directly an incarnation of krishna and his name was yagna which is another name of lord vishnu all the sacrifices that happen in this world are yagyas okay that is lord vishnu himself the female child was the partial incarnation of lakshmi the goddess of fortune the eternal consort of lord vishnu swayambhu manu was very gladly brought home the beautiful boy named yagya and ruchi the son in law kept with him the daughter dakshina see dakshina in our world is that which we give isn't it as offering and sacrifice and offering are the two children sacrifice yagya offering that which we offer to the lord both are children okay of ruchi all right so in our normal world also if you look at it the the one is vishnu and the other one is lakshmi and both go hand in hand with each other the lord of the ritualistic performance of yagya later married dakshina who was anxious to have the personality of godhead as her husband and in this wife the lord was also very much pleased to beget 12 children the 12 boys born of yagya and dakshina were named tosha pratosha santosha bhadra shanti idaspati idma kavi vibhu swahana sudeva and rochana now these are the names of the 12 children that are born i'm sure brito will remember when we were doing the 12 children were also there in that 360 days 12 months in a year so like that you know they you will find that there is so much of similarity between the different books that we are doing simultaneously so all this you will also understand during the time of swayambhu manu these sons all became the demigods collectively known as the tusitas marichi became the head of the seven rishis and yagya became the king of the demigods indra swayambhu manu two sons priyavrata and uttanpada became very powerful kings and their sons and grandsons spread all over the three worlds during that period is exactly how even in the bible there is adam and eve they have the two children after that the entire race begins now you will find that they had multiple children after that and as they as they came about so by the way they all lived for tens of thousands of years it is not that they are living for 100 years that they can have so many children since they are living for tens of thousands of years then they can definitely have as many children as they want <laughs> okay so my dear son swayambhu manu handed over his very dear daughter devahuti to kardama muni we have already done this in the previous book i have already spoken to you about them and you have heard about them almost in full swayambhu manu handed over his daughter prasuti to the son of brahma named daksha who was also one of the progenitors of the living entity the descendants of daksha are spread throughout the three worlds you have already been informed about the nine daughters of kardama muni remember they have been discussed in the last book who were handed over to nine different sages see that is how the lineage has come in the genealogical tree has formed if 
see we this is just a recap of what we have done previously we just doing the recap so that you follow the exact track i shall now describe the descendants of those nine daughters please hear from me so we are going to now start from the nine daughters kardama muni's daughter kala who was married to marichi gave birth to two children whose name was kashyapa and purnima their descendants are spread all over the world my dear vidura of the two sons kashyapa and purnima purnima begot three children namely viraja vishwavaga and devakulya of these three devakulya was the water which washed the lotus feet of krishna which later on transformed into the ganga of the heavenly planet so these are all the progenitors this is from this is a place from where everything is starting anusuya the wife of atri muni gave birth to three very famous sons soma dattatreya and durvasa who were partial representations of soma that is see now they have given it in such a way dattatreya was vishnu's avatar brahma is soma basically the moon and durvasa muni is shivji's avatar so soma was a partial representation of lord brahma dattatreya was a partial representation of lord vishnu and durvasa was a partial representation of lord shiva after hearing this vidura inquired from maitriya my dear master how is it that three deities brahma vishnu and shiva who are the creator maintainer and destroyer of the whole creation became the offsprings of the uh, wife of atri muni so now we are going to begin another story the story of my guru maitriya said when lord brahma ordered atri muni to create generations after marrying anusuya atri muni and his wife went to perform severe austerities in the valley of the mountains known as raksha in that mountain valley flows a river named nirvindhya on the banks of the river are many ashoka trees and other plants full of palasha flowers and there is always a sweet sound of water flowing from the waterfall the husband and the wife reach that beautiful place there the great sage concentrated his mind by the yogic breathing exercise and thereby controlling all attachments he remained standing on one leg only eating nothing but air and stood there on one leg for 100 years he was thinking may the lord of the universe of whom i have taken shelter kindly be pleased to offer me a son exactly like him when atri muni was engaged in these severe austerities a blazing fire came out of the head by virtue of his breathing exercise and that fire was seen by the three principal deities of the three worlds at that time the three deities approached the hermitage of atri muni accompanied by the denizens of the heavenly planet such as the celestial beauties the gandharvas siddhas the vidyadharas and the nagas thus they entered the ashrama of the great sage who had become famous by his austerities the sage was standing on one leg but as soon as he saw the three deities that appeared before him he was pleased to see them all together that despite great difficulty he approached them on one leg it is very difficult to to walk on one leg no langad ke jana padta thereafter he began to offer prayers to the three deities who were seated on different carriers a bull a swan and a garuda and who held in their hands a drum kusa grass and a discus the sage offered them his respects by falling down like a stick atri muni was greatly pleased to see that the three devas were gracious towards him his eyes were dazzled by the effulgence of their bodies 
and therefore he closed his eyes for the time being. But since his heart was already attracted by the deities, somehow or the other he gathered his senses and with folded hands and sweet words he began to offer prayer to the predominating deities of the universe. The great sage Atri said, O Lord Brahma, Lord Vishnu and Lord Shiva, you have divided yourself into three bodies by accepting the three modes of material nature, as you do in every millennium for the creation, maintenance and dissolution of the cosmic manifestation. I offer my respectful obeisance unto all of you and beget to inquire whom of you three I have called by my prayer. I call for the Supreme Personality of Godhead, desiring a son like him. He was actually calling out to Krishna. And I thought of him only. But although he is far beyond the mental speculation of man, all three of you have come here. Kindly let me know how you have come, for I am greatly bewildered about this. The great sage Maitreya continued, Upon hearing Atri Muni speak in this way, the three great deities smiled and they replied in the following sweet words. The three deities told Atri Muni, Dear Brahmana, you are perfect in your determination and therefore as you have decided, so it shall happen. It will not happen otherwise. We are all the same persons upon whom you are meditating and therefore we have all come to you. You will have sons who will represent a partial manifestation of our potency. And because we desire good fortune for you, those sons will glorify your reputation throughout the world. Thus, while the couple looked on, the three deities, Brahma, Vishnu and Maheshwar, disappeared from the place after bestowing upon Atri Muni the benediction. Thereafter, from the partial representation of Brahma, the moon god was born to them. From the partial representation of Vishnu, the great mystic Dattatreya was born. And from the partial representation of Shankara, Durvasa was born. Now you may hear from me of the many sons of Angira. Besides these four daughters, Angira's wife, Shraddha, gave birth to four daughters, namely Srinivali, Kuhu, Raka and Anumati. Besides these four daughters, she also had two sons, one of them known as Uthaya, Uthatya, and the other was the learned son, scholar Brahaspati. Ulatsya begot in his wife Havirbhu, her one son of the name Agatsya, who in his next birth became Dharagni. Be- besides him, Pulatsya begot another great, <coughs> greatly, great and saintly son whose name was Vishwarava. Vishrava. <coughs> Vishrava had two wives. The first wife was Idavida and from whom Kuvera, the master of all Yakshas, was born. And the next wife was named Kesini from whom three sons were born, Ravana, Kumbhakarna and Vibhishana. Gati, the wife of sage Pulaha, gave birth to three sons named Karmasreshta, Variyan and Shihashnu, and all of them were great sages. Kratu's wife Kriya gave birth to 60,000 great sages named Valakhilyas. All these sages were great advances, greatly advanced in spiritual knowledge, and their bodies were illumined by such knowledge. The great sage Vashishta begot in his wife Urja, sometimes called Arundhati, seven spotlessly great sages, headed by the sage named Chitraketu. The names of these seven sages are as follows Chitraketu, Surochi, Viraja, Mitra, Ulbana, Vasubharadnya, and Dumyan. 
सम अदर वर वेरी कंपिटेंट सन्स व बॉर्न फ्रॉम वशिष्ठस अदर वाइफ चित्ती वाइफ ऑफ सेज अथर्वा गेव बर्थ टू अ सन नेम अश्वशीरा बाय एक्सेप्टिंग अ ग्रेट वाव कॉल दधन्या नाउ यू मे हियर फ्रॉम मी अबाउट द डिजेंडेंट्स ऑफ द सेज ब्रिगो द सेज ब्रिगो वॉज हाईली फॉर्चुनेट इन इज वाइफ नोन एज ख्याती ही बिगॉट टू सन्स नेम धाता एंड विधाता एंड वन डॉटर नेम श्री वॉज वेरी मच डिवोटेड टू द पर्सनैलिटी ऑफ गॉड हेड द सेज मेरू हैड टू डॉटर्स नेम अयाती एंड नियाती whom he gave in charity to dhata and vidhata ayati and niyati gave birth to two sons makranda and prana from rakandra rakandya muni was born and from prana the sage vedsira whose son was kusana that is shukracharya shukracharya is the guru of all the demons also known as kavi thus kavi also belong to the descendants of the brigu dynasty My dear Vidura the population of the universe was thus increased by the descendant of these sages and their daughters Kardama anyone who hears the description of this dynasty with faith will be relieved from all sinful reactions another of brahma's daughter known as prasuti married the son of brahma named daksha daksha begot 16 very beautiful daughters with lotus like eyes in his wife prasuti of these 16 daughters Thirteen were given in marriage to Dharma, and one daughter was given to Agni. One of the remaining two daughters was given in charity to Pitraloka, where she resides very amicably, and the others were given to Lord Shiva, who is deliverer of sinful person from material entanglement. The names of these thirteen daughters of Daksha were given to Dharma or Shraddha, Maitri, Daya, Shanti, Tusti. Pusti, Kriya, Unnati, Buddhi, Medha, Titiksha, Ri, and Murti. The thirteen daughters produced the following sons. Shraddha gave birth to Shubha. Maitri produced Prasada. Daya gave birth to Abhaya. Shanti gave birth to Shukha. Tusti gave birth to Mudha. Pusti gave birth to Smya. Kriya gave birth to Yoga. Unnati gave birth to Darpa. Buddhi gave birth to Artha. Medha gave birth to Smriti. Titiksha gave birth to Kshama, and Ri gave birth to Pras Prasraya. Murti, a reservoir of all respectable qualities, gave birth to Sri Naranarayana, the supreme personality of Godhead. On the occasion of the appearance of Naranarayana, the entire world was full of joy. Everyone's mind became tranquil. and thus in all directions the air the rivers and the mountains became pleasant as a small side track you will find that the last line says that murti a reservoir of all respectable qualities gave birth to shri narnarayana the supreme personality of godhead now this particular thing is also mentioned when ramakrishna paramahansa said that i am that so this is the partial manifestation of swami vivekananda and ramakrishna paramahansa so nara and narayana both coming together 
okay in the heavenly planet bands began to play and they showered flowers from the sky the pacified sages chanted vedic prayers the denizens of heaven known as gandharva and kinnara sang the beautiful damsels of the heavenly planets danced and in this way at the time of the appearance of nara narayana all signs of good fortune were visible just at that time great demigods like brahma also offered their respectful prayer the demigod said let us offer our respectful obeisance unto the transcendental personality of godhead who created in his external energy this cosmic manifestation which is situated in him as the air and the clouds are situated in space and who has now appeared in the form of nar narayana rishi in the house of dharma let the supreme personality of godhead who is understood by truly authorized vedic literature and who has created peace and prosperity to destroy all calamities of the created world be kind enough to bestow his glance upon the demigods his merciful glance can supersede the beauty of the spotless lotus flower which is the home of the goddess of fortune maitreya said o vidura does the demigods worship with prayers the supreme personality of god had appearing as a sage naranarayana the lord glanced upon them with mercy and then departed from the gandamadana hills that naranarayana rishi who is the partial expansion of krishna has now appeared in the dynasties of yadu and kuru in the form of krishna and arjuna respectively to mitigate the burden of the world the predominating deity of fire begot in his wife swaha three children namely pavaka pavamana and suchi who exist by eating the oblations offered to the fire of sacrifices from those three sons another 45 descendants were generated who were also fire gods the total number of fire gods is therefore 49 including the father and the grandfather these 49 fire gods are the beneficiaries of the oblations offered in the vedic sacrificial fire by impersonalist brahm brahmanas the agnish agnishvatas and the barhisadas the somyas and the ajyapas are the pitas there are eight sagnikas and niragnikas the wife of these pitas is swadha who is the daughter of king daksha swadha who was offered to the pitas begot two daughters named vayuna and dharani both of whom were impersonalist and were expert in transcendental and vedic knowledge the 16th daughter whose name was sati was the wife of lord shiva she could not produce a child although she was always engaged in the service of her husband the reason is that sati's father daksha used to rebuke lord shiva in spite of shiva's faultlessness consequently before attaining a mature age sati gave up her body by dint of the yogic mystic practice powers this ends the chapter genealogical table of the daughters of manu so now after this we shall be doing daksha curses lord shiva next time so if you have any questions we can take we can stop there